All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rob's Rhythms. I'm your host, Rob Fishbeck, and with me today, as always, and probably for the foreseeable future, Mr. Max Williams. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, buddy? Uh, you know, can't complain. Who's listening if you do, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, as a side note before we get started, I've had the overwhelming urge recently to drive out in the middle of nowhere and just scream. Mm-hmm. That's not... At the top of my lungs. That's not good. It's Why? Not, well... You're getting it out. Yeah, but that just means you're holding it in. Well, yeah, I mean, what am I supposed to do? You gotta scream let it out in... You gotta let it out in doses. Let it out in doses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, find something to productive. Find something productive to put the bad energy into. Otherwise, it's just bad energy. And then yeah, you find yourself screaming, and then you're like, oh, I, why did Rob have an aneurysm at 29? You're like, oh yeah, held it in. 29, baby. Yeah, I know. Speaking of which, one more month for you. 29. One more month for you. Hey, you know, it's a cool thing, man. This year has been garbage. But there are a lot of things that I have to be be thankful for. Absolutely. So there always are. There always are. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. actually, that was maybe just the worst transition I've ever made. In I mean, you know what? Some people would still count this as their favorite thing of all time. So I'd say just go for it. Uh, yeah. We are here today. Yeah. To we're gonna skip all the bullshit. Intros and <laughs> yeah, no preliminary and stuff. Random, there. random thoughts. No riffing, just We're going get into it. Right into the meat, meat and potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So last week we kind of started talking about records and songs and bands from the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, we and t- tastefully uh, touched upon it. Yeah, tastefully touched upon it. <laughs> I kind of wanted to really rip it apart, though. Absolutely. Because the first thought that I'm going to say is this. Mm-hmm. My personal experience is that in the 2000s, I was not only listening to new records that were coming out, but I was still learning and it was new to me, music that had come out before. Yeah. So like in the 90s, when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. Beatles, Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, right? All that kind of stuff. Hootie and the Blowfish, Tracy Chapman, Sting, the police, right? That was all new to me, but was not new music. I mean, like Sting and and Hootie were and stuff, but um, and then we when I got to the two thousands, it was like that's really when I got into Fleetwood Mac and Elton John and and like Zeppelin and and like. CCR really got into all like the classic rock bands and like which is I don't really like that term but just to save time and then probably like the mid 2000s is when I started listening to country music and like kind of ripping that apart and discovering all that kind of stuff mm. and then the latter part of the 2000s when I was like in high school that's when I really got into like alternative music and the blues so I was listening to like Muddy Waters for the first time and all that kind of stuff. Howlin' yeah. Wolf, right? Oh yeah. So like that was all going on while also some pretty dope records were coming out that entire decade. And now more than ever, uh, it's not that the music was never uncool to listen to anymore, but 
because I've ne- I've never really done what the popular thing or the cool thing is, because I'm just me. Take it or leave it. Well, you're not trendy. Yeah. No, no, I'm not trendy. You like popular music, but you're I do. not trendy. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm not trendy at all. Right. And I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, certain records from that era, I carried with me through the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Where most people were had moved on to other things. I well, I could you can still do both. You can like that's what's awesome about music is you can yeah. listen to all of it, right? No, it's fantastic. Yeah. And now that we're, you know, my age, your age, people plus or minus a few years around us are yeah. the kind of I guess you could say tastemakers if that makes sense because we're adults now and mm-hmm. right. A lot of a lot of people our age have children. They're married, right? This is the music I listened to when I was a kid, right? Yeah. So it's not that it's back, but I remember like 10 years ago when all of a sudden it was cool to listen to 90s music again. Now all of a sudden it's cool to listen to 2000s music again. Yeah. And it's like... It's cyclical. That's what irritates me because it was always cool to listen to whatever music you like. Yes. And one of the things that I really have discovered this year is... There are people out there that do love music mm-hmm. and love all shapes and sizes and forms of it from many different vast decades and genres and all that kind of stuff. And it's nice to know that my large brain filled with what I used to think was wasteless knowledge can actually be put to use. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of start things right out with maybe naming some bands and records and songs yeah jump right in that you would you like to go first uh no i i'll i'll transition off of you or kind of pick you transition off, off of some of your stuff. i just want to see what you say first so i literally just have like 15 or six 15 or 20 like records written down i will say this um not that it really does matter i am uh i'm a few years younger than you so i uh as the early 2000s came about i don't think i was as into music at that time probably as you were also i know what my influences were based on what my mom was listening to pretty much most of the time and it was classic rock and 80s hair metal at that time Uh which there you go there's that 20 year gap of what goes around what goes around comes around and uh i remember those being the major things and then in 2006 or actually 2005 when i started learning guitar is when i started getting into different types of music and stuff and then also writing my own stuff so there's a whole mess of stuff that went on. My kindergarten teacher yeah. had to have multiple conversations with my mother. Like, he just stares out the window. That's always good. Yeah. Like, half of the day. Cause it, so, like, kindergarten, it was like a half day. So, mm. they got picked up at, like, noon. Mm. Right? And, like, why does your son just, like, stare out the My mom's like, because he is just waiting to leave to go home. So he can listen to a hard day's night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hootie and the Blowfish is his first he, album. Yeah, you know those kindergartners—they really work like a dog. And watch yeah. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, Indiana Jones, because <laughs> that's what he wants to do. Give me the good stuff. I don't want to learn about this history stuff. I don't right. care about Christopher Columbus. What is he a director? Uh, I mean, when I was in first. By the way, um, while we're recording this, Happy Indigenous People Day. Ah, there you go. Uh, anyways, because in like in first grade, is that a U.S. 
celebration or is that so, a world well, we took it back we is took it away from Christopher Columbus today yeah. is technically Columbus Day that's right it is Columbus Day but that guy can go suck a dick yeah he wasn't a great dude so yeah indigenous people day there you go mm-hmm. okay. anyways moving on when I was in first grade mm-hmm. we were supposed to draw a picture of what we wanted to be when we grew up and I drew the Beatles with uh, black hair and I drew me with red hair Somewhere in between John and Paul. They were missing a ginger in that band. They, they were. Really, they really they were. They were not a diverse band. No. Too many brown-eyed, brown-haired guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all from, like, the same town. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know? Like, what is this? Let's like, get some diversity. Yeah. Come on. Is that what we're going to start doing? Retroactively diversifying bands that are, you know, already, you know, not there anymore? We're going to say, no, they, they needed a black guy. I'm not, I'm not listening to people who were just white bands from the 60s. Is that what... Is that what we're going to start doing? Uh, I like everything. I'm just curious if that's going to be a movement pretty soon. No, it won't be. Okay. But. Hey, to each their own. To anybody that's new listening to the show, mm-hmm. I think that gives the slightest insight. Yeah, I, I don't mean it in a, in a yeah, how obsessed sense. with music, yeah. particularly the rock and roll. Yeah. I was at such a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it's never, it's never gone away. It shouldn't. I just know way too much. You got that. Uh, you got that rock and bone in your body. <sighs> Even though that doesn't sound like a good euphemism, but that's the one we're gonna use that's today. Rock and bones. That's for sure. The rock and bone. Yeah. So I'm gonna start out with all that you can't leave behind, which was a U2 record mm-hmm. that came out, I believe, in 2000. That had a beautiful day on it. Beautiful day. I remember and, that uh, one. Yeah. Stuck in a place you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I remember that one. And so when that record came out. That was like the first time I heard U2. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge U2 fan, mm-hmm. but I definitely like like the hits for sure. Yeah, it's some of their stuff before Joshua Tree I like, but I know that is the album. That's they the, were, I, yeah. They were a good band before Joshua Tree. Oh yeah, and they were famous obviously after that, mm-hmm. and then they didn't put out a lot of great stuff after that. After <laughs> Joshua Tree, Acting Baby, that was a great album. I thought it was fine. I think. Comp- Great. Comparable. I just thought it was a little more mainstream sounding than what they had come from. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, but either way, as far as, yeah, you two as a band goes, they're still a very good band. Very talented. Because I just, I remember the music videos. Mm -hmm. And that's when I watched MTV, like, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So that whole, like, first four or five years. One's on Octune Baby, right? It is. Okay, that's, yeah, that's what I remember. That's still a great song. Russia Blood to the Head, Coldplay. Oh, hell yeah. Which is one of my, like, <clears throat> just favorite records yeah, ever. Clocks or Scientist Guy? No, Clocks is on. Sorry, the other one. Clocks is, is on X and Y. Right, yeah, yeah. 2005. What's the other one that's on? Scientist. Well, my favorite song, my favorite songs on Russia Blood to the Head is a Russia Blood Russia, to the Head. Which is a great one. Yeah. Politic mm-hmm. and The Scientist. Those are my three yeah. Those are my three favorite songs off that record. I'd have to listen to it again, but I think I would probably say the same. And then, like, I'd, we'd, I'd mentioned this before, but, like, Johnny Cash's American Recordings albums, those were great. Obviously, I'm just going to kind of, like, list That was like, their second album, right? Oh, sorry, cool. uh, uh, Coldplay. That was their second album. Yeah, their first album was Parachutes. Right, and that's the one that has... Uh, Yellow. Yellow. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, like, the Eminem show, mm-hmm. that's his third or fourth record? Yeah. Um, But just all, like, all of it. So I'm just going to just kind of quickly go through a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. So, like, because on MTV, so you had, like, Rush Blood to the Head, um, 
U2, Johnny Cash. I remember all that shit. And then, like, when the Black Eyed Peas hit, that was crazy. And then, all of a sudden... They were the band for five They were the band for, like, five for years. like solid five years. Absolutely. From, like, 2002 to, like, 2007. They yeah. were the fucking band. Or 2008. You're so 2008. Oh, no, I'm so 2008. You're so 2008. So, yeah, probably, like, 2002, 2008, whatever. Yep. But either way. Oh, yeah, yep. they were the band. Yeah. American Idiot. Yeah. Which you know I have this like yeah. strange relationship with that album because everybody listened to that album when it came out. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody. I think that was also the chance for the, the kids that didn't grow up with them in the 90s that were like, oh, who, dude. It was like it. the second wave. It was like, exactly. It was how they found their new wave their of fans. Wave. Exactly. And uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember anybody who didn't listen to that record. Or at least didn't know those two songs. And then I got songs. so burned out on that record. On that record, right. What two songs? Wake Me Up When September Ends and American Idiot? It was that or it was uh, the other one, Holiday. Boulevard of Broken Dreams? No, Holiday was the other Holiday. one. Holiday. Oh, Holiday. Yeah. That was the other one. I don't remember that one being specifically on the radio first, I think. And it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Look, it's a yeah. fine album. Look, Green Day is still good, yeah. And it's a fine album. It's not their best album, but it's good for what it was at the time. Yeah. And for me, because like I came from like a... Well, I'm the only one in the family that, like, plays music, yeah. but um, musical, like, had good taste in music. So, like, when Nora Jones' first album came out, Come Away With Me, mm-hmm. we listened all the time I listened to that. That was that was a fucking rocker. Yeah. Um, not literally, because it's, it's very, like, mellow. Yeah. But I was just like, whoa, who is this? This is great. Um, Springsteen's The Rising, that... When so when nine eleven happened, I remember the first telethon they had. He opened the show playing "My City of Ruins." Him and Patty and Steve Van Zant, mm. and was just like, "Holy shit!" You know, Excuse that me. was like right around the time I first got into Springsteen. Excuse me. Yeah. Never looked back. Never looked back. So. I'll go that. Obviously, Modest Mouse, good news for people who love bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had picked up Johnny Marr as a guitar player, that was a big game changer. Absolutely. I put him on the map. Uh, would you like to name some records? Yeah. So I had, as you were saying those, I was tracking back and remembering. Uh, so not only was my mom an influence in the early 2000s, my brother was a huge influence um, as far as what I realized I didn't like. Like what? Because that was when he was getting into his rap slash EDM phase. Okay. Because he's uh, he's three years older than me, so he was. Yeah, we're the same age. Yeah, he was obviously partying a little early, earlier than I was. Sure. And uh, so I remember growing up with Too Cool Chris. I don't remember any of the albums specifically, but I remember growing up with. I think it was Absolute Dance. That's the name of the album. Yeah. So Too Cool Chris. I remember uh, some early early Daft Punk coming around. And I'm like, what is this stuff? I because I'd never been exposed to this kind of stuff sure. before. Um, and then obviously your your Fifty Cents, and uh, oh, who was the other big rapper at that time? I can't remember the name. I got like I'm looking at my yeah, notes. You'll, I you'll, have you'll, you'll probably touch on it. Yeah, I'll yeah. probably touch on a lot of the music your brother listened to. But then also I remember the Gorillas album being that yes. time, their first one, which was oh, I could still listen to that album all the way through today for sure. It's fucking great, but. Uh, yeah, I remember those being the things, and like, I this is now I know I don't like this music, and yet today, I actually kind of like. It's fun to make that music. 
Like I, I make it today. I think it's fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna name you four records right now that mm. don't have anything to do with one another. Yeah. Oh, and that Toby Keith album. Which one? The 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 I don't want to say the big one, but whatever one that had Willie Nelson on it and uh, uh Honky Tonk You. Yes. Had that, Beer for My Horses. Yes. I think that was Honky Tonk You. That's the one. We listened to that one on fucking repeat growing up. Why? I don't know. We just got it and we liked it. Like, don't get me wrong. I used to listen to Toby Keith a lot when I was mm. a teenager. But because yeah. drinking Jack Daniels and listening to Toby Keith, it was a pretty good Saturday night back uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Speaking of country music, No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problem, mm. Kenny Chesney, and The Road and the Radio, Kenny Chesney. Mm. Those two records, big in my family. Mm. I listen to those a lot. Nice. I still love those records in the summertime, especially yeah. if I'm like chilling by the beach. By the beach. Because uh, now every country song has co-opted "Sitting by a Beach." Yeah, that's well, th- yeah, but this was this was I, long before uh, that no, became I, a cliche. I, I know, but I think it was just, new at the time. No, but I think that's great. Yeah, you set a trend. See, look at that. You're you're not trendy, but you set a trend. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I. That's, that's how you do, I do it. Yeah, I don't follow you. Modern just, Times mm-hmm. by Bob Dylan from 2005. That album is. It's not, I don't think it would be in my top five Dylan records because, I mean, he is, he's like the guy. He's still Dylan, right? He's He's the guy. Yeah. But that album, I remember going, this is, this is going to be like a, like a big standout record. And it's, mm-hmm. I, to me, it's still his best record from the last 30 years. Yeah. You're looking it up right now? No, I'm looking up an album that I think I remember being from that time. Uh... Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Cause Country Grammar by Nelly. Country Grammar by Nelly. That record. Oh, just, it's so great. What songs was on that? Or what songs were on that one? Uh, Air Force One. Oh, 99. Never, oh, but 15. That's, okay, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Say what you're, you're going to say. No, no, you're good. Go Because I'll get in. I have two bands that I'll Go talk about it. after. Okay, so I remember now specifically. It's not early, early 2000s. Um, Technically, but the first Buck Cherry album, I know it was 99. Oh, yeah. Okay. But Is that we, got crazy? No, that that was the one I was going to say next. But that's got Lit Up and uh, For the Movies was the other one on that one. And then 15, which is Buck Cherry's uh, 2006 album. That's the one that had Crazy Bitch, uh, freaking Everything was on that one too, and Out of Line, I remember being on that one. But I remember growing up with that. And then the other band, I remember growing up listening to Nickelback. And Creed. I was going to, well, we were, we were going to get there eventually. And those early 2000s records was like, you know what? I could, yeah. Exactly. Friggin' uh, uh, Nickelback's second album, still pretty good. Like, What's on their second album? There's, oh, the second album, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the one that's good. Never made it as a wise man. Oh. Couldn't cut it. Out. But it's, it. I know. I there, can't. I know. There are people like, out there going. I gotta be really fucked up to to do Nickelback. I know, but there are people out there going like, "Fuck yeah, right now," or "Fuck no." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. But Silver Side Up, that's the album. And let me see if it's on there. Never again was on that. Yeah, How You Remind Me was on that one. And uh, now for you, I can't believe you mentioned the White Stripes yet. And Too Bad was on that one. That's right. Too bad. I was about to as well, but oh. I think that was going to be a part of my second. I guess like transitional part of this is uh, albums that I've discovered since that time. 
So stuff I never listened to at the time, but stuff that I listen to now. So I have, I have, early I have one. One White Stripes album? No, one album that I didn't listen to when it came out, though I knew the songs. Oh, okay, yeah. Some of the songs off of the record. Mm-hmm. But later on have gone back to and listened to sp- and I'm just... Spill those uh, coffee beans. By man. the way, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ah, there you go, yeah. That there's not a bad song on that fucking album. You've been yeah, that's right. You've been dipping. It uh, is, dude. It is so fucking perfect. You've been dipping both because you know me. I'm one of those people that it's like, if you can't say what you wanted to say in ten songs, like I don't. When when before the before the mid to late '80s with CDs, albums you get 44 minutes to mm. say what you're going to say. Right. That's it. Mm. You're 44 minutes. Yeah. And, or you put out a double album. Right. But mm-hmm. not, a, you're not going to do that for every record. And you're no, just I most, right. Oh yeah. yeah. That being said at the time, also what would happen would be people would put out an album every year or every other year, mm-hmm. you know, whereas then things changed. Right. And even like Tom Petty's wildflowers, which is a nineties record. This we're sticking with the two thousands, but like, there's like 15 or 16 songs on that where it's like, damn, the Torpedoes had nine. Right. Uh, Springsteen's The Rising's got like, mm-hmm. I think there's 15 songs on that, on that album. And I could sit here and be a you know, critic and go, there's like four tracks on that record that you could have taken off and it would have been a stronger record. Mm-hmm. But I like those four songs that are on there. Does, it, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So with a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you kind of go, well, there's these gaps between albums. There's like three or four years between records. Gaps. Yeah, we fill gaps. Mm-hmm. That is going to be... And you look and you go, well, there's 16 the songs on, by the way, like, couldn't they have done it in 10? Like, mm-hmm. did they need 16 songs in there? But then, so it's a double-edged sword. It's part of that whole, we want to fill the CD because if you're charging 20 bucks for a CD, you want to get your money's worth. You want to get your money's worth. Absolutely. So that's what everybody was doing cuz you can get 88 minutes on a on a CD or right. uh, 80 minutes on a CD mm-hmm. versus 44 yeah. on an LP. That's why I think as funny as it sounds now, you could find more deep cuts from from, you know, uh, newer bands than you can from older bands. Like by definition, you can find more. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But you'll find more, probably just you know, better uh, but, songs uh, but overall. But like we're talking about bands. all these bands that we're talking about for the most part yeah. are like the talent and their everybody that's listened to this has heard of heard these names. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like a I'm lot of these records, like abstract. there's not filler. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm trying to think of some abstract ones, but yeah. sure. So for like by the way, which came out in 2002. Mm. I look at I'm, I was listening to it just the other week and there's 16 tracks on it and I listen to it start to finish and I'm like this is a there's not a bad song on here this is a perfect record just like any of the other ones that I've just named mm. but it's a lengthier album right so I would go that would be the one for me that I'm so glad I discovered I mean like once again everybody knows their hits you know but that record for me Reluctantly, yeah. is so different than most of their other output. It's so melodic. There's so much going on. It's a it's it's just a great fucking album. Rick Rubin is the he's the dude. Rick Rubin's one of the dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. That just know like he cut by the way, and then the next year Johnny Cash's American Four came out with Hurt that everybody knows on it. Same fucking producer. <laughs> 
Geneva. The guy that did Can't Stop is the same guy that's doing Hurt. And actually, it's really funny. And it's like that. Yeah, no, that he's the dude. He's one of the dudes. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's the best part of music. That's everybody. what's fucking great about music. Yeah, you tie it all back together. And then, so for me, so like similar vein. Um, my, I don't know. If, no, favorite is a subjective term. One of my favorite bands, not only from that decade that started in that decade, but pretty much ever, is Gaslight Anthem, yeah. out of New Jersey. Yeah, those are your guys. And I've seen them twice. Oh, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the 59 Sound came out in 2008, so I went back and listened to Sink or Swim that came out in 07. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just fucking pure rock and roll. That's what I love about them. It, they just they stayed true to form. I mean, granted, they haven't put out new material since 2014, but it's great. It's fucking great. And then I also got Eric Church on my list because his first two records came yeah, out right. in the 2000s. He, I forgot. He started, yeah. And I think I'd mentioned this on our last show, but at the time, he was very different because it it's all blurred now. It's all blurred now. It's all muddled now because so much has changed. So many other things came out afterwards, right? But when Eric Church's first record came out and I heard Sinners Like Me, I was like, this is new. This is fresh. This is a fresh perspective. Uh, You know, it really kind of started... I would say he probably is who started a lot of the getting away from the traditional cowboy hat, lap steel guitar thing that had been popular, like with George Strait and Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff for a long time. And though Toby Keith had been around long before that and was doing kind of like that country rock-ish kind of thing, I don't Mm -hmm. really know how to describe it, and Kenny Chesney and somewhat to McGraw, they're all still the cowboy hat kind of Blake kind Sheldon's. of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake Shelton used to have a mullet. Everybody loves him now. That I'm like, dude, I remember when Blake Shelton's first like two records came out when he was wearing his Canadian tuxedos. Yeah, and, and yeah. he had that cover of that George Jones song, Old Red, which is what I named my first car, my mm-hmm. Jeep, my old Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, that I lifted. I called it Old Red. Yeah, my buddy. after that, Blake Shelton song. You've heard that song. Oh, absolutely. A buddy of mine wanted me to learn it on guitar so he could play it with Capo on the first fret. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. Anyways. And then he totally changed, cut his mullet, and then married Miranda Lambert, and now he's with Gun Stefani. But anyways, it really doesn't matter. Eric Church's first album, like I said, I remember hearing it, and it was like same time Jason Aldean's first like three or four albums I really liked a lot. Mm. It was different. It was fresh. It was something new in country, in mainstream country music, where you're not like... It's exactly at the same time, you know, Wilco was doing stuff, but they're, you know, I'll be honest with you as a side note, I was listening to their first album at like three o'clock in the morning last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 years ago, I, you know, 20 years ago, that record came out in like 94, 95, yeah. 95. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's been around for a long time, but like 10 years ago is when I caught on to it. I was mm-hmm. like 19. 
Oh, alt country. I love alt country, alt country, alt country, alt country. And for those of you listening that don't know what I'm talking about, alternative country is what the term is. And it was a term basically invented in the late 80s, early 90s to describe country music that was definitely influenced by rock and roll Mm -hmm. and alternative music Mm -hmm. that was was more or less tried and true to what country music was from the beginning, which was the story of the adult life and adult problems and struggles where at that time, mainstream country music had become more about partying and has been that way for 30 straight years Mm -hmm. from Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee to friends in low places by Garth Brooks. Everything for the most part on mainstream country radio has been about partying Mm -hmm. and is not about, the adult struggles and, and the common man, right? There, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of that. Oh yeah. It's just the stuff that's popular is usually that kind of stuff. Something about truck, man. You'll get a song like "Jesus Takes the Wheel," you know, Carrie Underwood or whatever. But that was once again what was so interesting with Eric Church was that he had a song called Two Pink Lines" on his first album, and the song was literally about two teenagers that were she was that they, she got a pregnancy test. To find out if she was pregnant, sitting around waiting on two pink lines, and it's it was it was fresh, it was new, because mm-hmm. I was like I had not heard songs like that before, and um, sinners like me, it's you know this three four time kind of sing along, kind of thing, very interesting. So that all kind of went down, mm-hmm. but alternative country. I'm getting back to my point. I listened to that record at like three o'clock in the morning, and to me, it doesn't sound at all country now. Because that term, what have we seen over the last decade? You know, one of my favorite artists, Sturgill Simpson, comes out with this like country borderline bluegrass debut album, and then follows it up with this like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin fuck George Jones mm-hmm. and you know Willie Nelson and made you know you, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and made this kind of wild record and then he doubled down on that with Sailor's Guide to Earth and then abandons all form and makes Sound and Fury which it's just a thump and is, rock is a, it's, it's a thump and rock record yeah right that, that has this anime movie that goes along with it mm-hmm. right yeah so that's a thing now yeah. What I do is that. You know, 10 years ago when I first started out, it was like, oh, well, I should live in Nashville because that's where singer-songwriters live. And it's like, now? That's not true because it's all changed. Mm-hmm. All of it's changed. Mm-hmm. So listening to a band like Wilco or like Ryan Adams, who, though he's a, you know taboo subject i guess maybe would be the right word yeah a little bit yeah um, now yeah. Uh, i can't i'm not gonna hide from the fact that i uh he's part of the reason i started doing this whole thing mm-hmm. you know yeah his all of his records from the 2000s i've it's been a while since i've listened to them but they're so ingrained in my dna it's ridiculous jacksonville city nights cold roses heartbreaker oh my god easy tiger right so I go and listen. It's just like Jason Isbell's newest record, Reunions. I love it. Is that a country record? I was going to say, there's not. I mean, maybe there's a country bone in it, but there really isn't. 
But go listen to REM's uh, Out of Time or Automatic for the People. There's songs on there that are, I guess you could deem country. Yeah. I, I just, I've yeah, always. You been, get what I'm saying? I think it's, it's like. I think it's, there's now a fine line between that and then folk rock. You know? Right. Like, what's country, what's folk, and what's rock? Oh, what's all three put together? No, I've this. seen I've seen the Avep Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And I went with a buddy of mine who likes their music. Okay, he's definitely way more into into country. Scott, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shout out, Scott. But he, but he's you know got got me to go to this Avep Brothers concert. I was like, these guys are great. You know, they're fine or whatever. But like, I listen to their music and I just don't care. Sure. It just doesn't. But like I said, it's like the Lumineers first album fucking ate that shit up and that's folk rock that's not country no, though folk. they were played on mainstream country radio right. oh hey was yeah i know yeah it was also played on alternative day but it was also played on 93.1 xrt chicago yeah. you know rock station it was played on q101 93 and then i think uh, yeah the other country we call station. those crossover hits yeah but it's interesting for me to go back and listen to like wilco and go yeah what part of this is country it's not. None of it is. But that's what they called it at the time. I think it's just because it was, you know, grown up stories, like you said. It's adult. Right. Yeah. Adult contemporary stuff. But in 2020, music has evolved so much. Right. That. Yeah. Ryan Adams, that's not country music. No. It, I mean, it is, but it's not. No. Because to yeah. me, country music is basically what gets played on the radio. And then that, and like, what's the difference then between roots music too? You know, like it's rock and roll. Exactly, it's all rock and roll. It's all. Born. Are they playing guitar? It's all born on the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Do they have drums? Yep. Is there bass? Yep. It's fucking rock and roll. Absolutely. All of it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a hot take, but at twenty nine, I've come to the conclusion that it's like Ray Charles said a long, 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 long time ago. There's two kinds of music: there's good music and there's bad music. And even some of the bad music I like, but it's, it's just, I don't know. It's all about percep- perception Absolutely. and perspective. Yeah. And for me, looking back going, excuse me, I had to get some water. Looking back going, what, uh, yeah, you got a lap steel guitar in there. That doesn't make this a country record. Because I know tons of people that put that kind of stuff on their rock records. And it's the same same thing, you know. Right. But it's the same thing with country music because country music doesn't really have most of that stuff anymore. It's got that more sounds like hip-hop music or pop music in general, right? Yes, absolutely. But what are they talking about? Partying, Bud Lights, tailgates, back roads... Half naked girls, yada yada yada. Jean shorts, yeah. jean short, jorts, jorts yeah. Canadian tuxedos, mm-hmm. lift kicks, lift kits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorites. And it's like, all right, that's all country. That's country music. Mm-hmm. So, like, the term alternative country to me has kind of lost its value because when I think of Jason Isbell, I put him in the same category that I would put Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen. You know, they they're artists. They make music. Yeah. You know, I mean, Springsteen's Born to Run and Springsteen's Nebraska could not be any different from one another, yeah. but they're the same because they came from the same voice. Right? Yeah. I think there has to be 
there still has to be a little give. Somebody, a singer-songwriter, can still be playing you know, rock and roll music. I think you can be both. You can be all three. You can be all 75 genres, if you really wanted to, on one album. You know, And people do that now. And people do that now, which I appreciate more than anything. I and think. I held back on my first record. I was like, I don't want to go all in. Right, yeah. But it's like, now I'm going, I want, I want like, Hispanic, Spanish music influences on the same track that's got, like, I'm yeah. singing about, you know, the dead of winter in Chicago, Absolutely. where it's negative 20 degrees. Yeah. But it all works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what's awesome. Yes. So back to the 2000s. So back to the 2000s. Obviously, I will go with some Wilco albums. But I won't go with their first or second because obviously those were the mid-90s. But uh, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, 2002. And then uh, 2004, I think it was, A Ghost is Born. God damn, those awesome albums. Um, so those are ones, yeah, I discovered later in life that I've been listening to since you know college and stuff like that. Um, and then my other big bands of that era the white stripes obviously they're uh i think 99 was their first record or it was 2000 i can't remember but then 2001 2003 or 4 2005 and 2007 was their last one but get behind me satan 2005 is my favorite album of theirs um and then you got my favorite band spoon first album came out in 96 but the ones of the early 2000s that i listened to the most are uh kill the moonlight and Gimme Fiction, which came out in 2005. And then The Shins. I was going to say, I was just about to say The Shins. Yep, The Shins. Because the Garden State soundtrack. I mean, for me, because that movie came out in 05. Yeah. 05? 04? 04, 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 04. Mm -hmm. 05? I should know. I'm the movie guy. I should know. I think it was 05. I think it was. I think it was 05. Mm -hmm. It was 05. I think you're right. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, the shins. That soundtrack, mm-hmm. which was a still it's to still this a day, great soundtrack. Great fucking soundtrack. Absolutely. Um that's how I first heard the shins. Mm-hmm. Which one uh da, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I love that song. I, what, I, what's the song? New Slang. That's there you the name go. of the song. Yep. They were playing it when they were out like out on that cliff or whatever. I don't remember much of the movie. Oh. I, just, I honestly just mostly remember the soundtrack. Yeah. I've seen the movie like three times. Oh, okay. And then Zach Braff had another movie come out called The Last Kiss that came out in 06. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw that and was like expecting to get my mind blown. And I was like, this is fine. There's a... Uh, I remember Casey Affleck was in it and he was just so Casey Affleck. Oh, yeah. There's a, one of my favorite lines uh, from my favorite band, Spoon. Uh, 2014's... Uh, what the hell is the name of the song? Outlier. One of the lines in the song is, uh, I remember when you walked out of Garden State because you had taste, you had taste, you had no time to waste. I, I, really? Yeah. They kind of played into it. They played into it. I fucking love it. Yeah. I want to say the song was in the trailer. It actually might have been, yeah. I really want to say the song was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Because that song was huge at the time, and it actually still is huge to today. And it, it, it got me into like that kind of subsect of like specific mm-hmm. alternative kind of music that so that is uh right that's what paved the way i guess for if you want to call it hipster music but the mainstream hipster Ugh. scene Ugh. like because uh the shins they came out of albuquerque first their first record uh was technically or their first ep was before that but then they moved to portland and that's sort of what you know cemented the 
West Coast scene of the New Age rock stuff. And my other, speaking of New Age rock, my favorite album, I think it was 2004, but uh, New Wave by those guys. Against me? Against me, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're on my list. We haven't gotten there yet. Right, okay. But I remember growing up listening to that song, or that album. Oh, just a kick-ass album. <laughs> just a kick-ass album. All of the records. All the records are good. I just remember that one specifically, especially from the early 2000s. That's got, is New Wave's got Trash, thrash on Real on it. That one's got Thrash Unreal. That's got that's, that's new the, wave on that's it. That's the fucking album. What that's was the, the one that came out before that? Uh, the one that's got Stop. Take some time to think. Yeah, we we did this. We did the deep we did, dive. Well, yeah, because I don't I don't yeah. like to cheat and look on Google. Right, not on air, but we did a deep dive a couple weeks ago. Oh, we were just talking about how great Against Me is. Yeah, because I remember uh, you were talking about the albums, and then you were talking about the album that came out after. Uh, What's her face change genders, and uh, you're like, that was a good album too. Oh, Laura Jane Grace. Yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of that album, but you're like, that was a good album too when it came out. Oh, yeah. um, like, fuck. Yeah. You like, talk yeah. for a second. Like I don't 2013, know what 2013, 2014. 2014. 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that new wave album, I remember my brother just getting it, and we would just listen to that thing on repeat when he would drive me to school. Um, even you know, five years after it came out. Searching for a former clarity from 2005. That's the first time I heard them. But New Wave from 07. Oh, that's, 07. That's You're the right. fucking. It that, is that record is the bomb. White Crosses, though, I think is my favorite album of theirs that came out in 2010. Okay. I personally think that's my favorite album. Mm-hmm. It They basically took what they did on New Wave and just produced it a little bit more, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. For those of you that know what I mean when I say that. <laughs> But Transgender Dysphoria Blues from 2014, that album is phenomenal. Black Me Out is in my top five favorite songs of theirs. And then on the same token, Rise Against. Yeah. I mean, living in Chicago Mm -hmm. in the mid to late 2000s with a band from fucking Chicago, every fucking party that I went to, you would walk into somebody's garage... People are smoking bongs, playing beer pong, listening to fucking Rise Against. Yeah, it was actually, oh, I remember that all the time too, but it was either that or it was then, it was Fall Out Boy. Oh, well, we was, haven't gotten there yet. Fall Out Boy, yeah. Blink-182, Blink and all that, yeah. yeah. We're going to get there. Oh, we can just talk about it now. Well, let's just talk about it now. What year was that Was that album from Fall Out Boy? I don't know. That would be more your area. I'm, I know. I'm more of a Blink But that guy. wasn't my area because I was like, I don't like this. I remember going, I'm not a fan of this stuff. This is too poppy of is rock. Is it the one with Sugar We're Going Down on it? Yeah, that's okay. the big one. I want to say like 06 or 07. I was like, this is too poppy for me. I can't I can't do this. You guys can listen to it. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Fall Out Boy's fine. Um, yeah. I also like. Well, I think just that first album was really good, and then they got overproduced and, you know, this, a little I, too mainstream. I am, this is a sign of me getting old. Mm-hmm. Dear Maria Count Me In. Mm-hmm. Who sings that? I got your picture, I'm coming with you, dear Maria, count me in. I don't remember. Uh, you talk for a second. All right. Well, Why now, yeah, if that? we get into those early 2000s, I guess I guess you would call them, they, they, they used to call them like boy. That's when I used to go boy to band, Tour. rock band. All time low. All time low. I was. saw them at Warp Tour in oh, 08 okay. yeah. when I saw Katy Perry, mm-hmm. when her first record had come out. Okay. But I just I remember. And yeah. Co- Coheed and Cambria. Coheed and Cambria. Coheed and Cambria. One of the best that. bands of the 2000s. Yep. Um, along with Blink-182, yep. just because... <sighs> and then we saw My Chemical Romance come out of that. Yes. Which, the still to this day. The first five years of the 2000s, mm-hmm. 
everybody listened to Blink-182. They were like the Beatles. Yeah, they were huge. And they're so good. They don't have bad music. They don't have bad music. Like, I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm more, I, I, like, I like more of the hits. I'm definitely not rah 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 for them, but I'll listen to them if they're on. They were the shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I don't think there's bad music by them, but just, I, I don't seek them out right. as much as I used to. Right. It's wild. But that early 2000s, yeah, you're, you're 30 seconds to Mars. You're, See, uh, I never got into them. I also just can't stand Jared Leto. He's an interesting guy. I did. The only thing I liked him ever was emo, Dallas Buyers Club. When they were an emo band. They were know? an emo band? Yeah, originally they were, They were. I guess whatever you want to call it, I guess alternative. I never got into but, emo music. But they were the that glitzy emo of the early 2000s. Yeah. See, when I think of emo music, I think of like the Smiths. Well, yeah, but there was a resurgence. So, no, no, I know. Yeah. So, like, what what became emo music mm. in the mid to late 2000s was mm. just not my scene. Right. Like, I appreciate My Chemical Romance. They just, yeah. that wasn't my game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. No, yeah, I, I, I'll still listen to them today. I like them a lot. I think they're really good. And I was disappointed because I was going to go to uh, Riot Fest this year and they were coming back. But they're booked for next year. So. Let's not talk about... <laughs> No, it's it's yeah, but we could. I, it was just a brief. Mention. I know. It just yeah. it gets me down. That's all right. It's just it's. Hey, everybody missed out on a year. Everybody. It's all right. Um, back to the show. Back to the show. The two thousands had some really good music. It really did. Oh, absolutely. It was a great decade. Yeah, but I think it, it was much easier to find that way. Yeah, it was much easier to find the good music from that than it was to find the good movies of the early 2000s because there's too much shit in the early 2000s. What are you talking about? Like comedy-wise, bad, bad movies in the early 2000s. Like what? Like Wedding Crashers. Not that's 05. That's mid. Well, I still Borat call that, came out in 06. I still call that early. Anchorman 2000s. came out in 04. Uh, you didn't like Wedding Crashers? No, not a fan. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're not a big, like... Like... Like Grandma's Boy, not a well, great one either. That, yeah, the movies. Yeah, I know, but a lot of those that were like kind of made. Yeah, See, like, when yeah. you say early two thousands, I'm thinking like the second, and third American Pie and the Tom Green movies and Joe yes, Dirt. A lot of those. And Joe Dirt is is an exception to right. the rule because that's but, early two thousands, like two thousand one, yeah. two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, whatever Kevin Smith was doing at the time. Yeah. Right. Uh that's what I think of when I think of early two thousands comedies, mm-hmm. like. Rat race, <laughs> right? Yeah, which I bet you doesn't hold up. I haven't seen it in years. I haven't either. I'm winning. Yeah, I know. Oh god, fucking. Do you have any idea how many times I watched that movie when I was a kid? Probably the same as I did. I, I bet you all it was. the time. Whenever it was on. Oh yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. That was the fucking movie. I loved it. Well, you got John Cleese, Rowan Atkinson, John Lovitz. John I mean, Lovitz. that Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. That's right. Kathy Bates. Remember what the squirrels? Mm-hmm. Oh God! That movie was fantastic, and then you got the mid two thousands, which you're right. That was the. That's when Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn that were just, just like the, cranking them out. That was Starsky the, and Hutch. That was the hey, let's try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the latter part of the two thousands, like Anger Man, wasn't good. That was oh two. Yeah. Uh, the oh, latter, yeah, the latter that's part of the two thousands mm. is when comedy got hard because of Judd Apatow fucking super bad man but that's what i'm saying once when the 40 year old virgin dropped once that came out in 05 Mm -hmm. that is when comedies to me started to change Mm -hmm. because the rest of that decade it was like 
you could make a ridiculous movie, but it could also have some heart to it. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It has worked, you know, for a long time. I'll be honest with you. I've not seen a lot of comedies in the last 10 years that I've given a shit about. I really liked, um, and I'm blanking on the name because I'm a terrible person, but the Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron movie from last year. Oh, yeah, you're talking about that. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. And I, But I think, I think you make a good point. I know this isn't a movie podcast, but I think you make a point there, too, is like, how comedy, I'm old. how comedy crossed old. over genres. Like it wasn't just this is labeled as a comedy movie. It's well, like this think is about like Thor a, Ragnarok. That yeah. movie's hilarious. It's fucking great, but it's not. But it's, it's, not, it's, not, a, it's not a comedy. comedy. God no, 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 no. But I think that's the thing. It's like movies that started developing comedic elements to them, and that made it much more sellable and uh, on a broader scale. And you're like, oh, now we're just making movies good and more realistic and things that want to draw us in. As opposed to just, oh, here's just a stupid slapstick Adam Sandler comedy, you know? Did you see the trailer for his Huey Halloween or whatever it's called? No. Oh, remind me when we're done with the show. Is that the one that just came out on Netflix? Oh, I watched this trailer. And I, something, Huey or Hubie or... Did you immediately... Some, I, Hubie, Howie, you're right, Hubie, Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... throw up afterwards? I remember he said that if he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems, he was going to make the worst movie ever made. <laughs> Motherfucker succeeded. Good Hats off to Adam Sandler. You know what? That I watched this trailer and him. was like, nope. They Why would they make this? Who who said that was okay to make this movie? I wonder if that will draw people in then. That's like the fact that he said he'll make the worst movie ever. And people, it'll, it'll, become, it'll become the uh, the room, you know? It'll become this horrible cult classic. I'm sure kids would love this movie because it's Adam Sandler doing what Adam Sandler's been doing for 30 years. Your Hotel Transylvanias, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It sucks because I... Although the first, first... He's a good dude. The first comedy... He is, he's a good dude. The first great comedy with heart, though, Big Daddy, obviously. That's my, Which is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. It's in my top five favorite comedies of all time. Here they are. Overall great movie. Anchorman, mm-hmm. The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. Joe Dirt, mm-hmm. Big Daddy, mm-hmm. and what's the fifth one? Did mm-hmm. I say Mean Girls? Not Mean Girls. I don't know. Right. Um, no. Um, fuck. Borat. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's actually, Borat. That's a pretty strong list. Yeah. Anchorman, yeah. Big Lebowski, Borat, mm-hmm. Joe Dirt. And Big Daddy. Those are my five favorite. Com- I know it's sexist. Mean, I, you know, it's all just white dude movies. But yeah. those are the five that I quote mm. all the time on a daily basis. Mm. The Whale's Vagina. The Whale's Vagina. The Whale's Vagina. Uh, I have a chair. I have a chair. I like that all of those are post-99. <laughs> They're all from like the same. Well, yeah. Lebowski was 98. 98. Big Daddy me. was 99. Anchorman was 04. Borat was 06. And Joe Dirt was 01. Okay, so there you go. From 98 to 06. So yeah. that's why they named you Joe Dirt instead of Nutmaker. Um, how Joe many? Dirt. Every time I drive past a fireworks stand, I just start doing the snakes. And it's sparkles. not you, it's the consumer. <laughs> also, great fucking soundtrack. Snakes and Sparkles. Joe Dirt. Oh, yeah. Big Daddy. Awesome. Anchorman. The yeah. Big Lebowski. Well, Borat has an interesting soundtrack just because it's like Borat music, the, yeah, right? Yeah, because it's what's behind it, right? Right, right. Oh. But those other, like, I like I owned the Joe Dirt soundtrack on CD. Mm-hmm. The Big Daddy soundtrack was huge because it was a bunch of like contemporary artists doing 
Um, like I think it was, was covers it, of everything. Garbage did "Only Love Can Break Your Heart" by Neil Young. I for think that. so. You know, and then like the movie ends with Springsteen's "Growing Up." Yeah, and uh, was it uh, who did "Sweet Child of Mine"? Was that Cheryl Crow? Yep. Yeah, Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Oh, the "I Am Sam" soundtrack. Yeah, I am Sam. Soundtrack. Oh my God, you want to talk about a baller fucking soundtrack with a mm. mediocre film? Mm. I am Sam mm. all goddamn day. Yeah, all cover songs. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, and then Anchorman I, was great because really it was it. just, it's all like 70s music. Yeah. You know, it's all like yacht rock and like California kind of kind of jams. Yeah. Which is, Fits perfectly I'm kind right. of a big deal. But like I said, People on a daily basis, mm-hmm. I quote all of those movies. And like, and Rocky. Somebody get this kid a Happy Meal? Sausage McMuffin. My therapist, take a walk. <laughs> Don't go to the frozen food section. Your boobs will harden. Your boobs will harden. <laughs> So, oh, I was out shopping the other day for what? Booby tassels? <laughs> see that? Microsoft went down three points. Is, isn't that guy like your best friend or something? <laughs> I do miss that movie. I gotta watch that I'm, one. I'm Scuba Steve's dad. Scuba Sam. Scuba Sam. Scuba Steve's father. You know, and yeah. I don't even get me going on the Bowski. I just do quotes. We, we got a music podcast to talk to. Uh, fucking to we're talking music. We're talking about great soundtracks That's from true. the fucking early 2000s. From the early 2000s. I'm trying to... I wish I had more knowledge on this, but I don't. It's pretty, I mean, it's all pretty easy. I mean, like, I, Garden State, that was a huge fucking soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I remember when I Am Sam came out, XRT played the shit. I think Into the Wild, I'm a big fan well, of that. Well, Eddie Vedder. Right. I mean, that's that's a given. Yeah, I remember that being an That's awesome. a given. That was an awesome soundtrack. What was also cool about the 2000s is that's when... Um, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross started doing a lot of film scores, mm. which pretty fucking dope. That's a game changer, absolutely. So, anyways, we're gonna end the show here. Okay, cool. This is what this feels like a good stopping point. Absolutely, yeah. Once we transition into film, I think that's usually the usually time. once we uh, start mm-hmm. talking the movies. Yeah. Any of you people who now want to watch either Big Daddy or uh, Big Lebowski, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Don't be the smelly kid. But maybe do that. Put on Big Lebowski, but put on the Garden State soundtrack. See if it, no. sings, see if it sings up. Obviously, you're not a golfer. <laughs> really slamming them tonight, guys. No. You're Lebowski. I'm, <laughs> I'm the dude. The dude. <laughs> that or his dudeness or El Duderino. Take the, take the $4. <laughs> Man, fuck the Eagles. Man, I've had a really long day and I hate the fucking Eagles. All right, where can people find you, Rob? You can find me everywhere. Awesome. At Rob that Fishback. that Johnny Cash Instagram. song, I've Been Everywhere, Man? I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, to Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, man. Close Bang enough. Baltimore. Close uh, enough. You can find me at Rob Fishback on Twitter. Twits. You can find me at Rob underscore Fishback on the Instagram. Awesome. And you can find Max here in my basement. Yeah, I'm here tonight, but not tomorrow night. And you can also find me on the Instagrams uh, at musician Max Williams, and also on the Facebook at musician Max Williams, and uh, at work tonight there, at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. There's also something special about this podcast that we can't quite yet say, but the next time we do this show, mm-hmm. it's going to look. Let's just say, yeah, a little different. You're gonna have to see it to believe it. Ooh, oh. Really leaving him hanging. Yeah, damn, what a great uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. All right. All right, everybody, take it easy. Wear a mask, vote. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>